and prayed for you today. I asked uh, Lyle's his name, and I asked Lyle to pray in the prayer room because I heard him praying, and it sounded just like my father-in-law. And you must be like longtime Pentecostal, are you? Pentecostal? Oh, yeah, of course you are. So why don't you come on up and pray for your son this morning? It's not his first sermon, but you could use some prayers. <laughs> He's a good speaker. Thanks, Lyle. It's wonderful to be here this morning, especially to be in the presence of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord is moving in this place today, and we don't want to miss it. Father, as Daryl delivers what you have placed upon his heart, we ask for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And we pray, dear Father, that our hearts will be open to receive the Word of God, that your name may be glorified. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. I'm so grateful for my mom and dad. I really am. This morning when dad was praying in the prayer room, I had my eyes closed and it took me back to my childhood in Kenya and Uganda and that that setting of, you know, my mom and dad ministering and uh, seeing, I I got to be front row to see miracles and salvations and uh, it's, it's really awesome, isn't it? What the Lord has done, you know, throughout the years. And I uh, can only pray that it just continues. <laughs> Amen. Um, I take, uh, obviously, I take very seriously. Can you hear me fine? <clears throat> I take very seriously. I I uh, I always um, struggle because I, there's been a different shift in my own spirit of wanting to make sure I do nothing but speak what God wants and uh, what He want, is is saying. And um, the last uh, number of weeks, I've heard coming from. Members of this body have heard coming out of the mouth the word light, that we are lights. And I've heard it in many, many ways. And it's, you know, my whole life I've heard this gospel and I've heard light being spoken. And um, there's many misconceptions that have come into my own life about what the light is. And it casts, sometimes it casts unbelief. And I want to make really clear, I really feel like the Holy Spirit really wants to just come and be our teacher and guide this morning and declare, you know, the light, 
is not just about evangelism. Are you hearing me? It's not just about evangelism. It's part of it. But the light starts in us. In the work of the Holy Spirit shining his light, illuminating. There's, as I, I was going, Lord, to your word, what are you saying? Everywhere I looked, the light first was speaking to the believer. The children of Israel, when they wandered in the wilderness, there was two pillars. Do you remember what those pillars were? One was a cloud of smoke, and one was a cloud of fire. If you look at what the uh, illustration, what the Greek word phos means for light, the very first definition you'll find is fire. Isn't that awesome? The fire represents the Holy Spirit. It represents Jesus living within us. Even Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar said of Daniel, he has the light of God in him. He was speaking of Jesus, prophesying of Jesus living in Daniel. And we know in the furnace there was four people when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown in, and the fourth one was like the radiance of the sun. That was Jesus, the light. The light. If you turn with me this morning to your Bibles, obviously your Bibles. (laughs) Yeah. First John chapter one. Verse 5, let's start reading together. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. (laughs) If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if, and I hear, I really want you to hear this verse 7 today. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Did you hear? If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. I should clarify in the King James it says, if we confess our sins to Him. Sometimes we feel like we need to run around and confess our sins. You know, go to God. Go to Jesus. He's the cleanser. Your brothers and sisters aren't the cleansers. He is the one. He is the one we go to. 
Uh, sorry, just side note, but it needs to be said. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Thank you, Jesus. The first fellowship that we need to have is with him. Amen? If you look at the text and when it's being spoken that he says, if you walk in his light, if you walk in his fire and his anointing. See, there's a shift. John is trying to get to us that we as the body of Christ can't just live our life on the principles of the word. The principles are good. Are you hearing me today? We don't take the principles to the street because then all we will make is converts, not disciples. When God has called us to make disciples. But the first thing we need to do is within us, fill ourselves with the light of God. Every day I wake and my desire is that I fill Come, Jesus, and fill my life with your, my life with your light. You can shine, you can illuminate on every single area of my life. Good. Amen. Amen. I love you. <laughs> he's speaking. And he's saying, principles are not enough. You need the light. You need the Holy Spirit. We need the fire. I mean, it, when, when these words were written, light bulbs weren't even created. Right. Thomas Edison created the light bulb. Am I right with that? Sorry. <laughs> just, just, sorry. just double checking. You guys be somebody like that, right? The light was either revealed because Jesus, because God Almighty revealed himself. But in their natural world, the light was fire. The fire. I read this quote. Thank you, Jesus. Just give me one second. Thank you, Lord. Oh, sorry. Jeez. Are you with me? Are you patient? Thank you. <laughs> Here we go. Principles are good, but they will weary us quickly. We're called to be people of his presence. People see the light. They see Jesus, the light. And that's what they respond to. 
They respond to presence. I don't know if it's, it's been like that in your life, but I've actually had people step on my bus when I'm being a bus driver in this great city. And uh, time after time, they'll step on the bus and they'll stand and they'll turn around and they just start unloading. They just start unloading. And I love it. I just love it. I'm just like, thank you, Lord, you're at work. You, you, you've, I bet you we could all testify of that. We've had people just stop you in the street and they just start unloading or at your workplace. Because they're responding to the light of Jesus within you. And you know, um, the quote that I was looking for was about fire. In, in the Old Testament, historically they would carry coals with them. They would carry coals around. Embers. And when needed to be, they would use the right fuel and stoke the fire. They would stoke the fire with the, with the embers, with the coals, with the presence. And that's what you and I need to be. We're carrying the embers of the Holy Spirit, of God's presence, of Jesus living within us. And when we walk and we meet a situation where fire is needed, the Holy Spirit will begin to blow the Ruah, His Spirit upon us. And stoke the fires. The very first thing though we need to recognize is. Where are the embers of my soul? Where are the embers of my life? Is his presence shining in every area? There is. uh, I just feel like the Lord's just taking this in a different direction. Just be, be patient with me. There is definitely unbeliefs in us that extinguish the light. I mentioned that it's all about evangelism. It's not. The fire is primarily for his presence to be alive in us. Secondly, we have made, in many cases, and I, I recognize this in my own life and what God has begun to turn his light in areas where I have let, I have become a, a man who makes peace with my disappointments. Because it, it's, you know, I've always had to deal with this sickness or I've always had to deal with with this sin. I've always had to deal with this situation. It's never changed. And so we begin to like make peace with our disappointment. And yet we have the embers living within us. The light is within us. And Holy Spirit wants to come and blow within us 
so that we could have the faith to speak against the, the unbelief. And we can, we just, the first thing we need to do is shed the, the making peace with our unbelief and just say, no, no. God said it and I believe it. I love it when Bev was up here last week and declaring what she's contending for. Amen? That's what we need to be. That's the language of faith. When you don't see it, but you speak the faith because his word says Jesus is still the healer today. He still heals today. It's not dead and gone with the with the, the, the prophets and the disciples. Can I tell you, there's been healings all over the world. In my own family, mm-hmm. mom, dad, my sister have all been healed of cancer. We contended for my sister. I know I've told you this before. We actually had a last supper where they, they, they brought her in an ambulance and they wheeled her in. Because that we thought that was our last meal that some of us were going to have with her. But we contended. We contended. We contended. Whether it's healing, whether it's financial. Do you know there's even some areas where the light, God has been shining, the Holy Spirit has been saying, you know there's certain areas of that my faith walk I don't understand. And you kind of just avoid it. Hello, am I, am I speaking to somebody today? You kind of just avoid that area because, you know, I don't really know about You should go talk to brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so about that because they have a revelation of it. No. When we walk in the light as he is in the light then we desire his understanding because it's him who brings it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We make peace with disappointments. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10, says this. Behold, the Lord God shall come with a strong hand and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his work before him. The Lord comes with a strong hand. Thank you, Lord. Another misconception or is that we're little lights. <laughs> Jesus is the big light. You know, remember, we, I grew up singing this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Right? Do you know the word light? When, they, when, when it says in this verse, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, we walk in the light is talking about Jesus. If we walk in the the fos, the light, as 
We, he is in the light, so shall we be. Do you know it's the same word? There's no change. Okay, here we go. Romans 8, 11. Sorry, I just feel like I want to just take my time today. Romans 8, 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give you life to your mortal body through his spirit who dwells in you. The same spirit. You're not little lights. Mm -hmm. You are the light. Jesus came into the world. He said, I am the light of the world. And then in Matthew, he said, you are the light of the world when he went. Did you hear me? You are the light of the world. When we stoke the embers, when we allow Holy Spirit, we allow him to burn within us. At any moment, at any moment when we're met with the need, when we're met with something, we can stoke the embers of his presence living within us. Thank you, Lord. You're no little light. I think another misconception that we we often use is that what not me, somebody else. I'll let somebody else do it. And yet the word is full of the talk of the body, of the body ministry of every single one of us. Some of us, we've grown up knowing this. We've heard this our our whole lives. And yet, some way, the enemy has come along and he tries to lie and spin and diminish your role, Mm -hmm. our roles, and what we play in the body of Christ. And he's called us for so much more. Do you know, I've been reading so much about Daniel lately. It's just his life fascinates me because right from the minute we start hearing about the life of Daniel, he starts standing up for God. It's it's later, it's recognized that Daniel is a, a man who loved God, spoken from a king. And he outlasted king after king, after evil king. This week, I just, I've been, I was sharing with Justin, I've been driving around, you know, this week, and when I can, I put my earplugs in, and I have the audio Bible. And I've just been listening to Daniel, the book of Daniel, because it, there's story after story where he stands under the presence of God 
and he shifts a generation. And we say, oh, I can't be like Daniel. But you can be. He was a man whose heart was after God. A man or a woman. You can, doesn't matter who you are. In this day and age. Do you know, presently today, the United Nations, I shared this with the leadership that the United Nations got the, the Bill of Human Rights from King Cyrus's cylinders, they're called. King Cyrus, who Daniel influenced, today is still influencing our world. It's the cylinders, King Cyrus's cylinders, go ahead and Google it, you'll see. They read all about it. When, uh, not now. Daniel, in the lion's den, and you know, like, and, and another misconception and that I, I, I've recently stumbled upon is every picture I used to see about Daniel is he's this strapping young guy, you know, in the lion's den, you know, strapping young. And, uh, <clears throat> and actually... It's more like Daniel was in his late 80s when he was in the lion's den. He was in his 60s when Jeroboam was king. And how long after was it Darius? And then King Cyrus. So much Daniel influenced that even was spoken of him by Jeroboam, the light of God is in him. When even Nebuchadnezzar, who performed the worst and the most atrocious of of, uh, acts against the children of Israel, did, did he say, and he put a man, Daniel, in a place of authority over nation, his nation. Powerful. Powerful. Thank you, Lord. I want to read this about King, King Cyrus. <clears throat> From Babylon, the idea of human rights spread quickly to India, Greece, and eventually Rome. There, the concept of natural law arose in the observation of the fact that people tended to follow certain unwritten laws in the course of life. And Roman law was based on rational ideas derived from the natural things. Known today as the Cyrus Cylinder, this ancient record has now been recognized as the world's First Charter of Human Rights. It is translated into all six official languages in the United Nations, and its provisions parallel the first four articles of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Daniel was in his 80s when he was thrown into the lion's den. 
the reality is that Daniel is estimated to have been in his 80s when, they, when these events happened. He was also, by that point, <clears throat> so respected by his superiors that King Cyrus was planning to put Daniel in charge of the entire kingdom. That is, until jealous peers tricked the king into passing an irrevocable that degree that landed Daniel in the lion's den, much to the king's chagrin. No one seemed happier than the remorseful king when he rushed to the mouth, from the mouth of the lion's den at dawn, discovering that Daniel was alive and unhurt. <clears throat> By the way, shortly after this event, King Cyrus allowed the Jews that Nebuchadnezzar brought to Babylon in captivity to return home to Jerusalem, instructing them to build the temple of God of Israel that Nebuchadnezzar had destroyed. Cyrus also returned more than 5,000 priceless articles including gold and silver dishes, pans and bowls that Nebuchadnezzar had stolen from the temple in Jerusalem 70 years earlier. He even financed the whole thing, giving them whatever they needed, including bulls and rams and lamps, lambs for burning offerings, so while, as well as wheat and oil and wine to sustain them until the job was done. Ezra chapter 1, verse 1 to 4, you can go and read that. In essence, King Cyrus did everything he could to undo the destruction that had been wrought upon the temple by Nebuchadnezzar. One man changed the course of history. And it still affects today. So when we read scripture verses like Psalm chapter 145, and it says that his righteousness is from generation to generation, it's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. And if you're young in this place today, position yourself to be the one who takes it from the next generation to the next generation because the light of God is living within you for your generation. It was instructed to Timothy, fan into flame, fan into flame. Thanks. Fan into flame your faith. Amen? You and I are called to fan in our flame. We need you to fan into flame. We need you to allow the Holy Spirit to unlock the gifts and the callings which are without repentance in your life so that we can affect the generation for today, which will affect the generation for tomorrow and will affect the generation to come. Stop 
minimizing yourself. The greatest opportunity even to women today. Do you know women's rights have been fought for? And even when women's rights were given in 1929, they still didn't give First Nations women's right until 1969. There's something wrong with that. It's time for every generation and people's group to rise up. And I believe, you know, there's been such a push of women's liberation. But God has a plan. Because that's what he wants. He wants the women to be released fully. The enemy loves to come and just switch that. But it's still God's plan because the enemy is not creative. He doesn't have a plan. God is the one who has the plan. Sorry, I just have to go there for a minute. I'll close with this. Always contend for the faith. Never grow weary for contending for the faith for souls. Jesus' entire life was spent contending for healing, deliverance, and salvation. He lived his whole life. He was the light unto the world. And when he went, he said, I leave you. You are the lights. And we have to continue. We have to get more tenacious about healing. We have to get more tenacious about salvations for our city. Amen? Amen. For our families. We never give up. We continue to contend for the faith. That's what God has called us to. That's what the fire, the embers within you, fan them into flame. Fan them into flame. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. See, the most purest fellowship that we are called in koinonia, the word is, is when when, a, when one of us spends time in his presence and we're transformed and we're changed and then we walk into fellowship, it transforms and changes our fellowship with one another. That's the goal of this. As you walk in the light, as God's presence is illuminating every area, whether it be sin, whether it be unbelief, whether it be doubt, whether it be fear, 
and he brings it to the surface and he flips it on his head and he says, no, this is what I say. This is who I am for you. As you walk in the light, walk is emotion. It's something you and I must do. Sometimes it may not feel, feel like it. I believe sometimes when we feel like we're in desert situations where you're speaking and, you know, the, the, whatever, all the, the Christian terms we use, the heavens seem brass. Do you know God is there? Yeah. He said he would never leave us or forsake us. Maybe what he's trying to do, though, is grow our faith. He's trying to grow our faith to a place where we could say, once you come out of that wilderness, that desert, you, you begin to see he was there all the time, working. Isn't that awesome? There's never a moment where he isn't working. And the light is shining on us so that when we walk in his presence, in his fire, and it, it, it is cleansing us and purging us. And we walk into fellowship with one another, mm-hmm. that's when we begin to see the gifts unfold. That's, right. that's where we, we begin to see each other's gifts being used. And I, I, I find that, you know, I've seen clearly, and I'll just I'll say this and close, and close, but I've seen clearly that when people begin to go after God with the tenacity, things begin to change and their lives get revolutionized. And we in the church, we can never, ever stop desiring what he wants to do. In this place this morning, and I'm going to ask the worship team if they would just come. I apologize if it's been all over the map this morning. I've really, I've tried to just uh, give you the deposits that that God has has been dropping in my heart. And um, I get to preach next week too, and I promise (laughs) I'll do better. (laughs) No, I... I really feel God is doing something in this day. Do you know, Jordan spoke a couple of weeks about, about being evangel- being disciples. And Mark has, has unpacked it even more the last couple, couple weeks. And I believe in the new year, God is getting us ready for a move. He's moving. He is moving. Do you know, healing has never stopped throughout the earth. I, I, I hear stories daily. People are being healed today. Hello, do we believe it? He's still moving. And he's asking us, you and I, do you want to be part? Do you want to be part? I believe he's going to raise up people from this body 
this next year like you've never been raised up before. Hallelujah. Go after the fire. Go after the light with a tenacity and see a generation be changed. Doesn't matter what age you are in this place. You know, we always think it's the move of God is going to come to the youth or to No, God God is not a respecter of persons. He wants to use everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. Let's stand together. I can't close without doing two things. First of all, if you're in this place today and you don't know Jesus, He is life. He is life. And when you open your life to Him, He will transform you. You were created to be his son or his daughter. That's what you were created for. If you're in this place today and you don't know him, I believe right now the Spirit of God is just burning upon your heart. Come and see me after. I want to pray with you. Or one of our team will pray with you so that you can receive Jesus. But don't leave this day without your life being changed for him. Amen? The second thing I want to do in this place today, if you made peace with disappointment, it's always been this way, you've said. It's always just been this. And the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now and nudging you. And you're just saying, Daryl, I want to break this today. Just go ahead and lift your hand. Just go ahead, lift your arm up, this hand up. You're saying, I want to break this today. I believe this for far too long. Go ahead, I believe there's others. This isn't a competition, this is about us and the Lord. He wants to do something in this house today. And he's seeing your your act of faith, and he's saying, okay, I'll meet that. I'll meet that. Thank you, Lord. So now what I'd like us to do, we are the body. As those around, I would just love you to lay hands on these people. There's somebody beside you that has their hands raised. on church let's do this together just bear with me just a little bit longer let's just do this together let's just there's lives that can be transformed today there is things that people can be can be freed today because of from doubt and fear from unbelief can be broken contending for healing he wants to do something today in this place hallelujah